We are coming out of a series that we were talking about uh, commitment, and uh, we were um, pretty much mirroring uh, Jesus' commitment, uh, his commitment to the Father, his commitment to the church, uh, his commitment to the call of God, and uh, so, um, and going back and forth between the two, but we want to uh, talk about today is the call of God on your life, uh, that God has called each and every one of us uh, to do something amazing. There is no insignificant call in the room. And uh, of course, we do love and appreciate different people who show forth amazing uh, talent and anointing and those kind of things. And sometimes we get into the uh, you know, habit of envy, you know, possibly, which isn't good. But uh, we do uh, want to, of course, respect their gifts and honor those gifts. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you don't have a gift or that yours is insignificant or less uh, value to the body of Christ and to the purpose that God created you for. And uh, so I would like to raise the bar uh, of your, uh, you know, image of yourself and your uh, ideology about what God's called you to do because it is important. It is valuable. It is necessary uh, for you to uh, realize that purpose, to realize that uh, goal that God has placed before you, for you to do what God's called you to do because of the effect that it will have on those around you. Uh, you are called and you were brought here for such a time as this. You know, we talk about Ruth, right? We always think, ooh, boy, that girl, she was, she was bad, man. That girl was, you know, she rocks, you know. And, and, uh, but yet you also have a great purpose. And you also were brought here for such a time as this. And uh, all of the difficulty, all of the challenge, all of the things that you feel like, man, I, I saw this all going differently in my mind, you know, all of those things, uh, whatever it was, we use uh, for helping those around us. Our experiences, all the things that have happened to us, you know, you know and not everything that happens to us uh, was God's will. Okay, you understand, if you went out, did stuff, and did things you shouldn't have, things happen to you, you come out of those with scars, right? Uh, you're like, whoo, I shouldn't have done that, you know? <laughs> but yet you come out with the um, knowledge and understanding of being able to help other people who did the same. Y'all with me? Yeah, I mean, I have no problem talking to people who were on drugs. Why? Because I was on drugs. Amen? So I can talk to people about the process coming out, how God just delivered me. Whoa, glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And so, so you gain something. You get something. You carry something from those experiences, and you are able to, to realize and fulfill the plan and call of God in order to help other people. Praise God. So we need for you to be the best you you could possibly be. Amen? And uh, so we are thankful and grateful for you being here. Praise God. Um, in this house, in this church, um, with us, because we are now uh, being prepared to be something greater than we could possibly be on our own and without you. Hallelujah. We appreciate Minister Floyd and, and his gifts. We appreciate Brother Steve, uh, extremely talented uh, on the keys, and, and uh, all of our vocalists and all of our musicians, and we appreciate them. We appreciate those who preach and minister the word so eloquently and seem so powerful to give us help. But you are no less important. Praise God. And we need to quit accepting uh, this uh, I don't have to do anything because I'm not as important as someone else. No, we need you to do everything that you were created to do. 
and do it in a grand and glorious style. So brush off your gifts, brush off your talents, brush off your call. Praise God. God is talking. God is talking. And those impressions, those things that are drawing you, those are the Lord moving you into a position in order to affect the body of Christ, in order to affect a generation, not just the body of Christ, but this world. We have to keep in mind that we are called to the body of Christ, but for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He still loves them. Did you know that? The world is not the dirt ball. The world are the human beings, by the way. That's what he's talking about. God so loved the world. That's the, the people, the humans. He loved them so much that he gave his only begotten son for them. Now he's doing the same through us. We are his gift to the world. People say, well, do you think you're God's gift to the world? Absolutely. <laughs> the only thing is I realize I'm not the only one. And I'm not the most important one. I'm just one. And I need, it's a, it is enough to do what he's called me to do. It is enough for me to know. It is enough. But I tell you, people spend more time trying to justify their own lack of attention to their own call by focusing on other people and what they haven't done. It is enough to follow our own call and to be mindful of what he's called us to do, our purpose, the plan of God for us. And we are in a position uh, to have the effect that he would have us to have. We just have to have the realization of it so that we can do it the right way, the way he would have us to do it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, let's just try and get some scriptures out. Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, in the King James Version, it says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So there is a pressing, there is a, an energy, there is a, a, some a conscious, purposeful thing that we are to do in order to realize that what God has called us to do. You know, you, you heard me uh, pray, possibly you may have recognized, in praying for this service, I'm asking, um, as Paul did for the Ephesians, that God would give us the spirit of wisdom and understanding and the knowledge of him, that we'd, we would know the hope of our calling, right? So Paul saw it as something uh, that you would pray for so that you can have a revelation of, an awakening, if you will, an understanding of what God's made you for. It is the greatest thing. You know, why am I here? It's a big question. You know, you come, you know, as you're growing up and you're young, why am I here? You know, even as a little boy, what am I here for? What am I doing? All these questions, questions. But a big reason, once you find what you're here for, it revolutionizes your life. And, you know, and uh, I, when I was running around stuck on stupid, I used to have to smoke it, drink it, you know, jump it, you know. And, uh, and, and when I got born again, I was so at peace because now I have realized my purpose. I don't have to find an outside source. It's all in me. <laughs> Woo! I can just get on the back 
porch and consider God and his goodness and go out of my mind because there is no high like the most high. I'm telling you, I just can leave myself, go outside of myself. Woo, God, what would you have me to do? Who would you have me to talk to? What is it that you want me to do, God? That's all that matters to me now is serving God and honoring him and pleasing him. There's nothing else worthy of my attention. Praise God. The call of God is great. And it's not just, oh, it's just a little call, a medium call, really high call. No, it's everybody's call. Right? Hallelujah. So there is a press. And that's the King James. I'd like to read this in the New International Version, but we're going to look at verses 12 through 14. I just read 14. And in verse 12, it says, not that I have all... Oh, one more time. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14 in the NIV. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press, everybody say press. press. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting. Everybody say forgetting. Uh, This is a major key for pressing. Uh, Because if you're always thinking about what's behind you, if you're always thinking about the past, um, and now this is dangerous on both ways, your past failures and your past successes. Your past successes can be as dangerous as your past failures. Why do you say that? Uh, One of the greatest times for Satan to attack, actually, is when you've had a great victory. While you're celebrating, going, woo, woo, you know, woo, woo, Satan's moving in. Isn't that interesting? You see it in sports. You see it in sports where, where a team makes this amazing play, right? And they're celebrating. They're so enamored with themselves, how cool they are. And then they kick off the football, and the other team runs it from one end zone to the other. Because why? They're just saying, we are something. We are something. Yeah, look at me. Oh, wait. He's got the ball. Wait. So we have to forget. We have to put behind this because it's a new day. It's a new fight. It's a new pressing. We press Towards the mark, the Hulk, high calling of God. People, you know, there's so many. Have you ever heard of uh, One Hit Wonder? When it comes to musicians, singers, right? Man, I wonder why he never did nothing else. Because he was so impressed with his hit. He said, well, that was, that was, I have that one song. Well, that's great. I mean, and it's funny. Um, because sometimes, you know, growing up as a young person, you hear songs, you know them, you know the words, you know all about them, but you don't even know who sang the thing. And, and you go, well, I wonder how, what other songs they sang. You find out, no, I'm nothing. Because we become so impressed with our victory. But listen, God has not called you into this world for one victory. He wants us to go from victory to victory, from glory to glory. And that particular scripture says we go from glory to glory in the image of of the Son of God, right? 
What it actually means, we go from one glorious circumstance and situation to the next. So when we make it glorious, you get to go to the next. When you glorify God in it, when you worship God in it, when you find him in it, then you'll find yourself being able to go to the next one. And we just become uh, so uh, caught up in the present battles and the present this and that that sometimes we forget about who it is that is our victory. So we are called out of something, called into something. And that thing, whatever that is for each one of us, we need to discover it and we need to walk in it so that we can have everything that God intended for us to have. And we can get this precious cargo to those who God's called us to give it to. We see in Ephesians that each and one of us are given a portion, uh, that portion it's talking about um, in the light of being a part of the body and the whole picture, um, that each and every portion or joint, you being one of those parts that supplies the other parts of the body, that means you are significant, vital to the full picture and for the health and strength of the whole. We need you to realize and recognize the call of God on your life. And get into your position. Well, you say, well, Pastor Andy, I'm, I, we use this as an excuse. I'm not quite as pious and holy as everybody else. What makes you think we are? That's your excuse for not hunkering down and getting involved and rolling up your sleeves because you're afraid that some unspiritual thing about you will be exposed. Listen, we know you're not spiritual as you, as you know. We all are fighting the same fight. We are all living our lives for God, working out our salvation with fear and trembling. But I'm just saying, listen, will you step up to the plate and get in the game? Because we have a work to do in these last days. I mean, we are... In it, you guys. And we can't be using lame excuses for why we don't step in, step up, and let God use us in a mighty way. Because you fear somebody will judge you for what you've done. Listen, it's you that's in danger of letting your past stop you, not us. Listen, if somebody brings up my past, you know, I would just laugh. I mean... I bring up my past. I don't care. It's not who I am. And the reason why I bring up my past is for you. If I come across as, man, he, that boy, he's fleshier than I am. I probably have been, I tell you. But I'm not going to stay that way. I'll share my, uh, you know, flesh moments. <laughs> like what Jesse Duplantis calls, he calls it a fit of carnality. <laughs> One of his stories, he, he said he crawled up under the house and he was trying to work on the plumbing and the hot water broke and burned him and he had a dead cat under his house and he came up and out from under his house, he's all dripping wet and he's got a dead cat in his hand and his neighbor said, go ahead and cuss, preacher. <laughs> I, said, I mean, there's some challenging times. Yeah, I quit cussing a long time ago, but what's interesting to me is um, at times it seems like our guards get let down and the words come up in your mind. 
And you're thinking, I'm not saying that. As much as I'd like to, I can't. I'm not doing that, you know? You know? And, uh, and so we overcome those things, right? But it doesn't stop because we don't quit. You don't just not do what God created you for. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't think you're disqualified. Oftentimes, some of the things you've been through are your qualification. The calling of God. Think about it. The woman who brought the Messiah into the world, the Holy Spirit came to her and said, you're going to do this. He goes, how the heck is that going to happen? I've never been with a man. I've never been with a man. Think about what the Holy Spirit's been talking to you about and the excuses you have given. Well, I'm busy. I've got a job and it's this. And you come like as though the Holy Spirit doesn't know what you do for a living or, or know what you're doing or anything about like, oh, really? You know, whoa. But in reality, you know, Mary... What she thought was her disqualification was her qualification. She was a virgin, which qualified her. And so some of the things that you are giving to God as disqualifications, though, possibly are qualifiers, that you know these things, you've done these things, you've been through these things, and now I'm asking you to help other people out of them. Help other people not go down that road. Help other people young ladies to, to keep it together, young men to be noble. Y'all with me? And so sometimes you feel like even because you were raised in church or because you um, knew better and you did wrong anyhow, well, join the club. You Maybe you weren't Pentecostal. <laughs> It's so funny. I've told that to Pastor David before. He says, you know, well, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I I wasn't Pentecostal. (laughs) I mean, I just, it's not that I'm trying to say that he's just holier than me or anything. I'm just saying, you know, I'm a product of my environment that I grew up in. And so I'm a little bit rougher, you know. Things that he can't say, I've said, you know, like, and y'all know, you know, he wouldn't say half the stuff up here that I do, you know. But but I believe that God uses all of our experiences. And some of the things I think, man, I've just gone on on some rabbit trail up here and talking about who knows what. I think I'm ADD preacher or something, you know. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, which I don't agree with. But how about them Seahawks, you know? I've, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> praise God. But God uses um, whoever we are to help whosoever he will. Isn't that right? And uh, so, so we have to step up to the plate, though. We have to um, decide that I'm going to be consciously pressing into the purpose God made me for in order for that to be realized in our lives. Praise God. Hallelujah. So he says, uh, but one thing I do, forgetting. So we're forgetting our successes, forgetting our failures. And and then it says, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. 
I press on to the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So we're pressing forward. You can't uh, drive down the road very effectively if all you do is keep your eyes on the rearview mirror. And there is a pressing. Pressing looks different. Uh, This looks different than this, right? And so um, I learned in wrestling, I mentioned this um, in early on in junior high when I first started wrestling, um, that you can't win going backwards. And I got pinned in like three seconds by this national champion guy, and uh, my coach told me, you can't win going backwards. And so there is a press, and that means there is a fight. Uh, there is no casual fight. Has anybody ever been in a casual fist fight? No? Yeah, no, normally when you get into a fist fight, your adrenaline is gone, you black out, and you wake up um, either bleeding or they are. What is the, you know, I mean, it's just like, when I would wrestle, my mom would say, it doesn't look like you win. I said, well, you should see the other guy. And so, so in wrestling, uh, you know, the, the idea is to say, low, you guard your legs and you, you're, you're pressing into the person. And uh, uh, wrestling is called a fight as well as boxing and different things. And so it works for that and it works for our life, pressing into the call of God and purpose of God and the plan of God, forgetting your past. Whatever you did that was a success and means that you're really cool, forget about it. Whatever you did that says you're a failure and you're not worthy, forget about it. You can only go from right here, this moment, right now. Get off the crazy train and get on the train that God has set for you to do the will of God and the plan of God. And it's going to bless you. It's going to bless your family, your children, your mom and dad. It's going to bless everybody around you if you will press in to the call of God. And, and so uh, another translation really quick here, um, the Phillips translation says it this way. It says, yet my brothers, I do not consider myself to have arrived spiritually, nor do I consider myself already perfect, but I keep going on, grasping every more firmly that purpose for which Christ grasped me. My brothers, I do not consider myself to have fully grasped it even now, but I do con- concentrate on this. I leave the past behind. And with hands outstretched to whatever lies ahead, I go straight for the goal. My reward, the honor of being called by God in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. You're not who you used to be. God saved you from what you were doing before, saved you out of the mess you were in. And he has something more bright, more beautiful, and more amazing than you could ever imagine. He takes broken things and he makes them wonderful, beautiful. He gives us beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. And it's all so that we can be something effective to help everybody out of the same. Do not live in condemnation. Do not be uh, immobilized by the devil. Do not be immobilized by your own guilt and shame. Do not allow it to keep you locked into a place of fruitlessness. People are awaiting you. People are still out in the waters, the deep, and they are suffering and they're drowning because you feel like you're unqualified in your boat that God put you in. Row out, back out into the deep where you once was. Grab hold of people, kicking and screaming, and put them in the boat. Shut up. We're going to shore. 
It's like that sometimes. People resisting you helping them, I'm telling you. But that does not discourage us. We keep trying to help them. Never give up on people. Somebody didn't give up on you. Somebody kept showing up. Somebody kept coming to talk to you. And God put you in their way. God set you in your place. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This isn't about you. This is a tough, tough statement. This is not about you. Praise God. The world does not orbit around you. This is a tough one for us. And literally, I mean, honestly, you think about Jesus. If he, if he came here just to make himself happy, what that would have looked like for us. You know, I, I have a right to be happy. The Garden of Gethsemane would have been a whole different deal, right? I'm sorry, Father, I ain't doing that. I have a right to be happy. We have, to dis- <laughs> we have to get selfishness out of our lives. It's not about me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The best mothers, the best mothers are loving and kind and sacrificial. Amen? And will risk their babies not liking them. For the well-being of the child. I knew my mama loved me, but I knew my life was in danger at every moment of time. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I could, could have done an infomercial because my mother um, always seemed like she always had a broom or some kind of weapon. You know what I'm saying? And we could have done an infomercial for the broom. This broom will sweep any floor, clean any floor, get cobwebs off the ceiling, and will train up your children in the way they should go. <laughs> yes, if you will step into the swing, <laughs> keep your eye on the ball. <laughs> and then if she didn't have the, the immediate uh, broom with her, she also had a weapon she created. Oh, yeah, it's about this long, uh, nice, uh, what is it, like a one-by-four, uh, maybe, I think it was, uh, cut into a handle and nicely um, stained, and, and uh, it was, yeah, it was, and it hung on the wall for easy access so that all the children could walk by and go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think my mother invented air whoopings. You know, the first one gets you airborne. And then the rest are all air, just air, just keeping it in. I think um, actually rap music started in my home as, when I was a child. I was like, yeah, you know, let's, all this, you know. <laughs> no, mama, no, you know. So, so my mom, she loved her babies, you know. But she did not play, you know, she did not play. And uh, so <laughs> what's interesting is the dynamic of the people that are positioned in our lives. Uh, we, as parents, mothers and dads alike, we are called 
uh, to train up a child. Meaning, in other words, we are developing their ability to follow the call of God on their life. If they understand authority, if they understand uh, what it means to say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, uh, we are giving them the ability to hear the voice of God and obey his commands by giving them that. But see, there are, are some who are afraid that they're going to lose the love of their child, but you will lose them if you do that. And it's such a, a hard thing, you know, when children, um, you know, go away and they don't want to talk to their parents and that kind of thing. It's very hurtful, very hurtful. Yeah. And so we need God's wisdom to be able to train them up and to each one of them are so individual. There are some pretty uh, straightforward um, guidelines, of course, for raising, raising children. But each one of them, um, being gifted and unique, um, of course, take the wisdom of God to be able to um, bend those reeds the way they need to go and help them along to find their purpose in life. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm grateful and thankful for a praying mom. I know that it was... At least for sure, my mom was a big part of me probably coming to the Lord and coming to myself and being dissatisfied with this world and the party life. And, and uh, how many believe your mama prayed you in? Does anybody believe that your mama might have been one of those? Yeah? Yeah. So God helped that boy, you know. I thought I was running a game. You see, I started doing drugs when I was 12 years old and because um, I had a broken home when I was 10, and it just sent me down a pretty rugged path of, of my heart was broke and confused and uh and uh so <laughs> years later I thought I was pretty slick you know thought I was running a game that my mom didn't know because I always wanted my mom to feel like I honored her and I'd pray literally I'd talk to God Lord just don't let her know I'm smoking weed <laughs> not because I was trying to get away but I didn't want to hurt my mom that was I knew it would hurt her it would break her heart. So I was running this game for that, you know, until probably, I don't know, I must have been a junior, senior in high school when she held a bag of my weed and said, what is this? And I'm looking at her like, oregano? <laughs> <laughs> Throw that in our spaghetti and we'll have a good time at dinner tonight. <laughs> Lord Jesus. <laughs> Anyhow. So, so it, I was so hurt, though, that, that she, she discovered it. And what's really, really interesting is the intuitiveness of moms. They are not stupid. They have Holy Spirit helping, you know. And she took that, shook it in my face. She said, she said you've been doing this since the Indians. And... Uh, I was like, oh, my goodness. She knew exactly when I started smoking weed. That's, the neighbors were an Indian family in uh, uh, Barstow, California. I mentioned Barstow, just this side of hell. That's where I went to. Um, <laughs> lose my mind, you know. And, uh, but it's interesting, the, the intuitiveness of a mom and the sensitivity of a mom because Holy Spirit helps moms. And if you didn't realize this, how many of your moms, you thought, she has eyes in the back of her head? Because she'll be doing dishes, and she's like, stop doing that. And you're like, oh. 
This is before camera systems. You're like, what in the world, you know? And uh, so thank God for the help of the Holy Spirit. I could give you a story after story of our children and, and uh, how my wife, you know, had the sensitivity and rescued my son from stuff, you know, and, and uh, the list goes on. But all this to preserve and guard the call of God on these little young people's life because each and every purpose is so valuable and so important. And, and of course, uh, when I did come to myself at 19 and called out to God and got saved, called mom, and she just breaks down. Uh, you know how you just rejoice crying and, and that kind of thing. And uh, then I was able to pray with my mom to get filled with the Holy Ghost. And uh, uh, it took me two, three hours to convince her that she was uh, her being worthy was not part of the program. And here my mom, you know, she's thinking she's been such a wretched sinner, and I, in seven years, made her look like, you know, a choir girl. I mean, she just was, uh, you know, old school. You know, you do the things that are right. But whatever she had done wrong, she was being convicted of, and that's how Satan keeps people out of their calling. As he tells you what you have done, you tell him, what Christ done. Do you remember what he did to you? I think that's pretty funny. From my understanding, he kicked you up in your head. Is that what that bump is? I'm pretty sure you was ugly to begin with, but ooh, that not on your head. Oh, my goodness. So we tell Satan what God has done for us through Christ Jesus. Amen? He's like, you know what? That doesn't matter. Yeah, I've got a sketchy past, but you know what? Um, that actually helps me to help other people and take them right out of your kingdom, which I'm telling you, right, I'm serving you notice, Mr. Devil. I'm stepping into my call, and I'm going to take everybody I can from you. You can do nothing about it because of the blood, Be, not because of what I've done or haven't done, but because of what Christ has done. The call of God is on me, and I'm going to fulfill it. I'm going to do what he said. I'm going to walk in his ways. I'm going to uh, proclaim the goodness of God to this generation. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me share one more scripture really quick here. Romans eleven twenty nine. Romans eleven twenty nine. This is King James. It says, for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. The gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. That's a little bit vague, um, but... Uh, when the scriptures say to repent, to us, by the way, it says repent, it actually means to change your mind. Change your mind. That's what uh, God's really asking and requiring of us, that we had a certain mindset, and now we are to change our mind. We were going one way. Uh, repent means to go another way, right? And uh, so uh, the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. This means that what God's made you to be he will never change his mind. He's going to always believe, always stand, and always help you to become that which he made you to be, which is an amazing gift to this world, to the body of Christ, and to the world. Y'all understand? You are not self-qualified. You are supernaturally creator of the universe qualified. Your qualification does not come from you. It comes from him. If you will just realize, recognize that you are not qualifying yourself, you have already been qualified. You just need to answer the phone. Yes, sir. 
He asked me, yeah, yeah, I can hear you now. You, you want me to do that? I don't know how to do that. Oh, you knew that. I'm going to have to talk to you about it through the whole thing. Gotcha. And uh, how many people? Are you sure? You know who this is, right? Okay. Yeah, you know what I've done? Oh, you knew that. Okay. You got me. I'm, I'm all yours. I'm all in. Count me in. I'm on the team. 100%. You got it. Yes, sir. Thank you. I, I love you, too. Thank you. That's it. Right? Praise God. Hallelujah. Amplified Bible says it this way. I really like this. It says in Romans chapter 11, verse 29, in the Amplified Classic Edition, for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. He never withdraws them when once they are given, and he does not change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. Praise God. Woof. Ha, ha, ha. You thought you were disqualified. It's a lie from the pit of hell. You are overqualified. You are prepared. You are ready. You just have to obey. Think about, think about the people that God called in the, in the Bible. Moses. Moses is a stutterer. And he's like, ah, 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 ah. you know, he can't even answer God. Ah, 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 you know? He tells Moses what he wants him to do. He's like, I, 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 I. He's telling him, I, 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 can't, I, I, can't, I, I can't talk real well. It really kind of irritated God. And then God told him, he said, who made your mouth? Whew. And so then he said, well, what do you have? He says, I have a stick. I'll use that. So what does that tell us? God will use what we have. And he told him that, um, that he would have um, uh, Aaron to speak for him. But that didn't last long because you know why? Because Moses, he got back his chi. And when you enter into your gift and when you obey the call of God, you will find yourself doing things you never imagined that you could do. You'll find yourself empowered and you'll find yourself confident and you'll find yourself in places while you're standing there, you're wondering if you're having an out-of-body experience because you know that there's no other way but God who could have put you where you are. And you don't just survive in those positions because God has placed his hand on your life. You thrive in those positions. You just have to remember how you got there. Because if you forget... Then we see the scriptures that says, oh, how the mighty are fallen. And so humility is key to pressing. Pressing, fighting. It's interesting how humility is a key and major factor in realizing, walking in, and maintaining the call of God on your life. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you.